Welcome to Journey U West, the podcast for people on a path. I'm Monica Sanford, U West's campus culture officer, and I'll be talking to students about the three defining values that make University of the West such a special school: character, compassion, and community. So, what do you think compassion is? What do I think compassion is? Are we recording right now? We've been recording this whole time. Oh crap! <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no! Can we start over? We can start over. Journey U West is brought to you by the Frederick P. Lenz Foundation for American Buddhism. The Lenz Foundation seeks to inspire the emergence of an enlightened American society through philanthropy that supports community, collaboration, and a capacity for living and working mindfully in the world. Journey U West is podcast from University of the West in Rosemead, California, just 10 minutes outside downtown Los Angeles. University of the West offers accredited bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees in six academic fields, including psychology, business, liberal arts, and religion. Find out more at www.uwest.edu. University of the West was founded in 1991 based on the idea that education has the power to improve society. Education is a way to help people out of suffering. Education itself is a kind of compassion. This was the vision that U.S. started with. Guillermo is a freshman from Compton, California, who is discovering the person he wants to be. Like many of our domestic students, he is the first person in his family to go to college. Students like Guillermo come to U West hoping to get better jobs, maybe even start a business and be their own boss after college. At U West, we do our best to help them make better lives for themselves. You know what the values of the university are? I believe it is the three C's: character, compassion, and community. I don't know if there's in that order, but I know those three. <laughs> It, you're right, and you got the order right too. Oh. <laughs> Have you learned about compassion yet? Um, being compassionate means looking out for others and not just for yourself, and that'll mean you have to be nice to some people, even though some people might take advantage. I wondered, is being nice the same as being compassionate? So I feel like sometimes I'm too nice, and people take take advantage of that. So it's like it's contradicting because I feel like people do take advantage when you're extra nice. So I feel like I should like bring the nice down and balance it with my like with my strict side. That's what I think about compassion. Could also mean that not letting them take advantage could be good for them. <laughs> Maybe yeah, that too. The compassion most of us know is a show of empathy for those who are suffering or unhappy. We want their situation to improve. But does everyone deserve compassion? Anthony Chan is a Chinese American student from Chino who just finished a month-long retreat at Shilai Temple. Which is just ten minutes from University of the West. Anthony always has an interesting take on things, but before we talk to him at length about his views on being a compassionate person, what does he think that compassion is at its heart? 
I think compassion is accepting people for who and what they are, regardless of, like, regardless of their history, regardless of anything, any other characteristics. You know, just accepting them for who they are as people. Yeah, that's compassion for me. What if they're jerks? Oh yeah, you accept jerks the way you accept your mom or your dad. Fox came to U.S. three years ago to finish his bachelor's degree. He liked us so much that he stayed for a graduate degree in psychology, for which he just completed his first year of study. Fox discovered the diversity of California and the global diversity on the U.S. campus was very different than his home state of South Dakota. He also discovered himself. When I first moved down to University of the West, it was my first real experience with people coming from cultures all over the world. I think when I got here in 2014, there were approximately 400 students and about 40 different countries were represented within that population. And that was astonishing to me when I got here. I just walked around trying to absorb as much information as I possibly could. And right away, I was really eager and excited to, to begin uh, these cultural sort of exchanges and building dialogues with people from places of the world that I've, I've maybe even never thought of. And in my interactions with people, I kept coming across this feeling that uh, we, reached a, we would reach a certain point in conversation and maybe people would, would just kind of shut down. And I couldn't figure out what this was. I thought, well, maybe there's some, some cultural boundaries, maybe just where these people are from, they don't, they're not so quick to open up about um, their innermost feelings and the dreams and aspirations that they hold for their lives. Um, over time, a pattern kept continuing in my interactions with people. People kept kind of looking a little put off and I could not, for the life of me, figure out what was going on. And over the course of a few excruciating months, I just sort of began watching those situations very closely. And what I found is that I had some built-in arrogance from where I was coming from in life. I walked through life in my home state where we don't have to think about certain things that people down in California have to think about or in urban situations, what people have to think about so the mindset's just a little different. And there's a degree of sameness that's not mirrored down here. And I think I was walking in with uh, a really set worldview when I came down here. And that's what was rubbing up on people's toes, that they didn't feel like it was a dialogue. They felt like, like I was telling them how they maybe ought to live their lives. And that's where making these, these realizations and watching how interpersonal relationships were, were being affected really woke me up to how to just meet people where they're at without any imposition on them. And I've seen my relationships open up as a result. So I feel like that's been a tremendous area of growth and I'm really grateful for that. When I allow my thoughts to be rigid, my neurons constrict and my imagination is blunted in the way it depicts how the tragedies around me are imposed by these lenses that I wear around my mind like they're chains for the senses. This expression is a deep breath rolling stored up pain from aloft my heaving chest and I pause briefly before a next. <sighs> Taken in at my own behest. And then I remember. I've forgotten, I've forgotten, I've forgotten. I asked Anthony if he thought compassion was something that's innate or if it's something that's learned. Good question. I think it's some of both. I think there is an element of compassion that children have towards animals and trees and 
living beings that adults don't have because we are so detached from the world. For instance, um, like me, you know, children many times will cry or they'll freak out when they learn where a hamburger comes from, from this beautiful being with feelings and friends and they just have so much compassion for other living beings that adults don't do unless we force ourselves to. So there's, there's an innate part, but there's also a learned part in which we learn to be compassionate towards people who have harmed us, to people we dislike, people who have no relation to us. U-West has become a laboratory for how diverse strangers can come together with compassion towards each other. We try to infuse compassion into everything we do, including teaching classes and helping students when they struggle. I think the faculty here are incredibly compassionate towards events that may have happened. You know, we have students here who come from many different backgrounds, from backgrounds where they did not have the privileges that most people have in American society. You know, for example, we have um, a student here and she's from South Central LA. You know, she grew up with the Bloods just right on her doorstep with gunshots going off at night. You know, these very traumatizing experiences and they affect how people learn and it affects their education. And for teachers and faculty to be compassionate towards them is meeting them where they are eye to eye and understanding their background and not giving them a whole bunch of trouble because they missed an assignment because they couldn't get in and on time or because they had work to do. You know, a lot of students here, they also work two jobs or they work night shifts. Part of, I think, the understanding that is here and University of the West is that the faculty are open to hearing what's going on in your life, your personal life, that I think is kind of unique to University of the West. The professors, they sometimes if you're not doing well in class, they'll ask, how are things going on at home? Are you okay? Um, and they'll be mindful of anything that may come up and they try to accommodate you, compassionately. But of course, they will also do what's necessary for the university as an educational institution to uphold and maintain its academic excellence. And that means giving students Fs compassionately when necessary. Do you think that's different from other schools? Absolutely. In other schools, um, I've talked to my brother about this, professors oftentimes will not give any leeway in regards to late assignments. If it's late, it's late, I'm not accepting it. You know, it's not that they don't have a heart, they're not able to be compassionate, it's that they don't exercise compassion with education. I remember hearing from one of our college recruiters who was out visiting a high school when a shooting happened nearby and the school went into lockdown. He learned from the students that this happens several times a year. In another case this past year, a father was arrested by INS while dropping his kids off right outside a charter high school where we also recruit. This is where some of our students come from. These are their neighborhoods, their families. When things like that happen, as a professor, I can't just say, well, a deadline is a deadline. That's just arbitrary and cruel. What would a student learn if I did that? They would learn that I don't care about them, that their school doesn't care about them. 
but if I'm willing to work with them, they might learn the material I'm trying to teach, and they might also learn that compassion is important to helping others through difficult times. This is Monica Sanford, and you're listening to Journey You West, the podcast for people on a path. And this is a Dharma Diary. Acts of Compassion We saw the young man sitting on the cold concrete tucked in a doorway. His sign said, We freeze at night. Anything helps. In his lap he cradled a large pit bull dog, her body limp with trust, sound asleep, insulated from the cold ground by his narrow form. My heart cracked open. I looked at my partner. I saw concern on his face, too, but we didn't slow down. I would have to dig in my purse for cash. We were late for our reservation. We'll stop on our way back, we said to each other. On our way back from a good warm meal, they were gone. This is not compassion. Compassion is not the feeling of the heart cracking open. Compassion is not concern for the suffering of another. Compassion is the young man holding his dog so that she didn't have to lay against the cold ground. Compassion is not what we feel. Compassion is what we do. Just feeling sadness and then hurrying on by is not enough to call compassion. This feeling can spur us to compassion, but compassion itself is in the act. We have been trained out of compassion by our busy lives, by deadlines and reservations and crowds of people also walking by, indifferent to the young man and his sign. I will regret walking by without stopping for the rest of my life. I will wonder what happened to that young man and his dog for the rest of my life. Months later, I still remember it vividly, this time like so many other times when my compassion failed. Today we have the opportunity to train in compassion. At University of the West, we have many opportunities for compassion. We have the chance to serve others, to serve our community, and to act from a heart broken open. At University of the West, we can share food, art, charity, and service with one another. Every culture has these things. Beyond all our differences, these are things we hold in common. Every culture values compassion and every culture struggles with it. Every society tries to make us too busy for compassion, and every religion says, slow down and act compassionately. The only way seven billion people can survive together on this planet is if we help one another. Do not be too fast for compassion. Do not think you'll have another chance. Compassion is now, only now. to introduce a different voice. My family is still in Taiwan. I'm alone here. Annie is a graduate student. She came to U.S. three years ago as an exchange student. Like Fox, she enjoyed it here so much that she returned to study psychology. Before I came to University of the West in 2012, I had always been the you know, classic, traditional good student in the Eastern Asian cultural value. Like, you know, meaning 
I maintain adequate academic performance. I obey the authority figures such as my parents, my teachers, what they tell us to do. Supposedly, because that's how that's how we learned. That's how I learned my cultural values. That's how I become the person. Um, the society or my family overall one anticipated me to become. I probably had less, a little bit less critical thinking regarding who I am or what I want to pursue for my life. At U-West, we build compassion from the inside out. It starts with self-compassion. The goal is to achieve self-acceptance and self-validation. It is a process of self-discovery. When we understand and have compassion for our own suffering, we can then begin to deal with other people's suffering. Studying psychology here really, to me, was a mind-blowing experience in terms of scientific theories, how I can understand myself and understand other people. And then with the practical work, we actually work with people to see the sufferings in people's lives. People lose their family, people encounter trauma, and how can they make sense of their own experiences and to move on, continue their own journey in life. That really helped me obtain a lot of concepts I did not obtain before, such as self-compassion, validation, and I also learned um, boundary setting and assertiveness that I did not have before. I have become a person that's more resilient and that is more persevere in terms of how I want to pursue my study and my future career here. I asked Annie, do you have a personal expression of compassion? Yes, I have this habit of writing postcards to people. I love writing letters really old-fashioned, but that's the way I show my care and how I express myself. So when I go back to visit my family in Taiwan, normally every summer, as a student, you know, we still get to have summer vacation. And every year I notice that the elder figures, especially my parents, they would comment on, you know, you really, there's a difference in your personality and we see your growth and we appreciate that. That means a lot to me from a culture where we don't say I love you every day, where we don't express our care or such probably not even emotional words or comments, but intimate feelings easily like that in verbal communication. I think my parents are proud of me, although again, it's not a common comment for the traditional elders to express. Whenever I share my accomplishments here or I feel good, like when I receive a compliment from a professor or from my supervisor, and I get to share with my family, and my dad would usually say, you do a really good job. One of the most unusual views of compassion came from one of our venerables, one of the many Buddhist monks and nuns who are very visible on the U.S. campus. You can spot a monastic by the shaved head, for both men and women, and by their robes, which come in many colors depending on their order, from fluorescent orange to rich brown to soft gray or blue, even yellow or red. Venerable Wen became a Buddhist nun early in life, and she believes compassion is not just to have empathy for those who are suffering, but also for those who are happy. Her Buddhist practice now focuses on discovering true happiness in herself by tapping into the happiness of others. 
I think compassion is the nature and the beauty of human beings. How you try to realize other people's their feelings and their conditions. A lot of people were talking about compassion is try to understand other people's sufferings. But my personal experience, compassion is not only to understanding、uh, other people's suffering, also to understand. To realize they are happy,、uh, one of the characteristic of compassion is we wish all sentient beings, all beings, to be happy. So I would think about if people already in the happy state, we will wish them to be more happy. If they are in suffering, we will wish them to liberate and to help them to get rid of the suffering. So I think compassion is both. You have to learn, and you have to train to understand people's feelings. Venerable Wen is on a special mission to help women through trauma when she earns her PhD from University of the West. In America, you are not easy can find a religious department like U.S. I feel I'm so lucky, and I think the U.S. is very special. We have a very good religion study program, and we have the master degree and PhD degrees. Yeah. When I finish my PhD, I will focusing on teaching mindfulness and meditations. Especially, I will focusing on helping female because I I do see a lot of women have a lot of suffering, a lot of traumatized. All over the world, you can see a lot of meditation master is male, but they don't want to go to.、Uh, Male、uh, master. Sometimes they don't feel confident. They don't feel comfortable. And sometimes they want to keep and sell their story confidential. But they are more open to、uh, female master. So I'm thinking about I will focusing teaching the mindfulness and meditations, especially focusing on helping women in this area. A great woman following her Buddhist path. I hope we've enlightened you a little about compassion and some of the regular and unconventional people you might meet at University of the West. As Anthony Chan says, I don't think any of the students here are conventional students by any means. <laughs> This edition of Journey U West was made possible by the Frederick P. Lenz Foundation for American Buddhism. The Lenz Foundation seeks to inspire the emergence of an enlightened American society through philanthropy. That supports community collaboration and a capacity for living and working mindfully in the world. And of course, by all the good, compassionate people at University of the West, a little gem in Rosemead, California. You should consider U West as you plan your path to higher learning. For more information, visit www.uwest.edu. Or call six two six five seven one eight eight one one. Journey U West was produced by Good Citizen Media Group. Our theme music is "The Jump" by Atomic Attractions. Additional music by Guo Kyung Lee and Andy Wolf. If you haven't yet, find the rest of our continuing conversation with U West students as we discuss the university's other values, community, and character. Wherever you got this podcast.
you'll hear more from Taiwanese graduate student Annie Lo about her transformation into the person she is today. You'll meet a venerable from one of the most normal places in the United States, who found his calling in Buddhism early on, but didn't find a place to call home until finding you west. Those stories and more on Journey You West. Monica Sanford saying stay on the path.